Okay, we're going to take a verse of scripture, we're going to do communion uh, near the end of our time together, but I want to speak for a little while um, on the title of Showing Love, Showing Love, and most of what I'm going to look at today is going to be scripture, so you're going to get a whole load of scripture uh, flooded at you today, which is, you can't go wrong with scripture, can you? And, uh, <laughs> at least I don't think you can, and uh, we're going to look at the title, uh, Showing Love. And we're going to take one verse, or one part of a verse from 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And it says there, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Or as the message translates, What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. And, do you know, as we go through life, and as we've been a Christian a few years, I think we forget, just the same as in a marriage, you forget the love that the other partner has for you. And often we can take it for granted, can't we? The, the measure of the love that God has bestowed, has shown us, has, shown us, has put on us, that eventually... Because of that love, we should be called children of God. <laughs> you know, I'm proud to be a McVicar. And uh, I've been a missionary, and I've now got uh, uh, somebody who changed the name to become a McVicar, you know. Uh, but now, we, and our family are McVicars, even though they, when they get married, I still call them McVicars, you know. It's a technical term that the names is Woods <laughs> or Marfleet or whatever. But they're McVicars. <laughs> they're McVicars. <laughs> You know, because they've got the blood of a McVicar. And uh, we have the blood uh, bestowed upon us. And we are called children of God. But I think we lose that. We take it for granted. And we, we forget just the, the manner of the love. And we'll look at this uh, a little bit later. That the Son of God would come and die for us. That we should be called the children of God. And so the manner of the love that's been extended to us, that's been projected to us, shown to us, and God has given us that love as a gift to enjoy, to share. And I wonder, just a matter of interest, how many of you have read a book by Gary Chapman called uh, The Five Love Languages? Just put your hand in the air if you've read it. One, two, three, four. Not very many. Okay. And how many remember it? <laughs> you remember it well? Yeah? You like to come and preach? <laughs> not that well. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going through the book. I'll, I'll, I'll say something. I haven't read the book. Okay, so the, the, what I'm saying to you is not based particularly on the, the book. What it is based on is the, the types of ways that we receive and give love to other people. Every person that you ever come across... Every person that you work with, every person you're sitting right next to, or you travel with to work, or whatever it is, every one of them wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved. That's 100%. But they receive, and they recognize, and they give love in different ways from what perhaps you receive or give love. They have a primary love gift. And they also have a, a secondary love gift. And generally they show love in that way. That they want to be loved. 
So if you're, <clears throat> the five love, uh, just for your information, the five ways um, Gary Chapman talks about the five love languages, number words, one number one, <laughs> words of affirmation. So people speak their love and they'll tell you how much they love you and that sort of thing. They speak out to you and they love to receive love in that way too. That's number one. Number two, quality time. Quality time. Remember, as I'm speaking, you're thinking, what yours, <laughs> what yours is? It's on your faces. Words of affirmation, quality time. Number three, receiving gifts. If you want to show somebody you love them, you'll give them a gift. Or if somebody gives you a gift, you, you feel loved. That's number three, receiving gifts. Number four, acts of service. You'll show your love by doing something for somebody, serving them. And you receive that love in that way too. <coughs> Excuse me. And the fifth one is physical touch. Not going to go too far down that road. But uh, <laughs> physical touch. An arm and a shoulder. You know, that sort of thing. Or other things. <laughs> but physical, <laughs> physical touch. So if your love language is receiving gifts, then you will show love by giving gifts. If your love language is quality time, then for the people that, who you love, you will set aside, hopefully, quality time for them. If your love language is acts of service, or your primary love language is acts of service, then you will be quite happy to serve people that you love all day long. Apart from Christmas when it gets a bit long in the tooth. But you, you, acts of service... And you will say things like, action speaks louder than words. You understand? And, uh, but for somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, then for you, words are louder than action. You understand? It works both ways. Or for instance, if you have a man whose love language is words of affirmation, and you're married to a woman whose love language is acts of service, then what will happen after this man has told you for the thousandth time how beautiful, how lovely, how he loves you, how wonderful you are, how he thinks the world of you, after he's told her that and that over and over and over and how beautiful she is and everything else, she will be saying to him, just stop telling me how much you love me and show me how much you love me by doing something for me. You understand? So love is a, it's a, a peculiar thing. It's an interesting thing. And even as I've been speaking, your mind has been whirring away doing acrobats. You've been listening to me, but you've also been asking yourself, I wonder what my love language is. And then you started to think, oh, I think my primary love language will be whatever one of those five that I've mentioned. Or how do I receive love? How do I give love? And then some other smart folks in this room, you've been asking yourself, I wonder what the love language is of my friend, or my husband, or my wife, or my children, my mother, or my father. I wonder what their love language is. You're thinking, I can see you're thinking. At least I think you are, otherwise you're staring at me. So, he says, well, my love language is not quality time, because none of you have been giving me your time. You're just, you're thinking about all these things. Um, so we all have love languages, but often that love is shown to us in a language that we don't 
recognize or don't particularly want or don't particularly need. And we give love to people and it's not received as nicely or as uh, generously as we gave the love to that person. We gave them time and they didn't seem to appreciate that we gave them time. We gave them a gift and they didn't say thank you. We said some beautiful things to them and it just, it just washed off them. And that's an indication to you that you're not speaking their language. One of the frustrations when I go to India is that I have to have often a translator because I'm not speaking their language. And so someone has to translate for me. And often we need translators in the way we show love because it's almost as if somebody should be there translating. When that person said they loved you, that was them loving you, showing you how much they loved you. That was precious to them. That meant a lot to them. And you just brushed it aside. It's almost like it needs a translation. Or when that person gave a gift to you and you never said thank you, and they took the time to, to wrap it and to buy it and to invest in it, and you just... You understand? And then, and then we wonder why we have conflict in the home and we have conflict at work or we have conflict in the church even. And it's because often we're not connecting. So I'm going to look at how God loves you in your own love language. And, uh, and secondly, we'll look at something else. But how does God love you in your own love language? He does, you know. God loves us in our primary love language. Look how he physically touched Saul, who became Paul on the road to Damascus. Words wouldn't have done anything for Saul. Spending time with Saul wouldn't have done anything. But when Jesus dramatically touched him, blinded him, suddenly he had his attention. You get it? Look how he gave quality time to Peter, James, and John. He spent quality time with those three in particular. I wonder if their love language was quality time. So much so that John eventually says, I'm the disciple who Jesus loved. <laughs> you understand? Jesus loved them all. But John felt loved because Jesus had invested quality time to him or with him. Look how he gave words of affirmation to Simon Peter. You're Simon. You're flaky. You're all over the place, Simon. We never know where you stand. You're up, you're down, you're all over the place. But one day, Simon, you're going to be Peter. And you're going to be a rock. And upon this rock, this type of rock, we're going to build this new church, this church of grace, not this church of law, this church of grace. You're Peter. Inside of Simon is Peter. And he spoke words of affirmation to him. He loved him. Do you get it? He loved him. Look how he gave acts of service. None of them seemed to love with acts of service when they got up, when they arrived one day at the house, and all their feet was covered in various things that were on the streets of that day. I'll leave that to your imagination. And nobody wanted to wash their feet. And Jesus showed his love to them by acts of service. You see, he showed them how much he loved them. 
So that's first. We're going to look at how God loves us. We're going to look at Scripture primarily for that. And secondly, I want to show you how we should love God in his love language. In his love language. So firstly, how does God love me in my language? When you became a Christian, you responded to the love of God in a number of ways. For some, God's word spoke to you. And you realized God loves me because he has spoken to me. Some people say, I heard God's voice audibly. That's great. Other people say, I heard God's voice internally. Other people say, I I saw God or I, I read God's words. And it spoke to me. So so for some, God's word spoke to us. For other words, God touched us in some way or other. He touched us physically, emotionally, spiritually. We felt touched by God. For other people, God's people served them. And that's often what we do in love pressing. We show God's love by serving people. You understand? Fourthly, some people became a Christian over a period of time. That's because God showed his love to them over spending time, quality time with them. You understand? So often people who who say, do you know I can't give you an exact date I became a Christian, an exact time in that day. I just know that as I've spent time with God, I've realized who Jesus is and how he died for me. And that's because they've become a Christian through the love of God being shown, shown in quality time with him. So let's take them one by one. Words of affirmation. At the beginning of John, it states, In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. As he said in John 15 verse 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Jesus continually spoke out his love to people. Even in the Old Testament, Jeremiah He said, Jeremiah says, The Lord has appeared to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with everlasting love, I have drawn you. God speaking, I've loved you. I've loved you. Hebrews 13 verse 5, the writer there quotes verse from Deuteronomy 31, which says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You see, this is all God showing us. He loves us by what he says to us. Jesus in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Now, for some of you, you see, where it's words that count, that's ministering into you. That's ministering. You're feeling God's love because of the words that I'm saying. And the Bible is full of the love language of affirmation because God invented words and he uses words to tell us he loves us. So if your love language is affirmation, then you need to read God's word. Maybe even more than other people need to read God's word. You need to hear God's word. What, just remind me again, how much does God love me? He loves me with an everlasting love. He loves me. And, and you're thinking those things through, and that's ministering love into you. For some of you, it's quality time. And it's for quality, quality time is giving someone your undivided attention. And one of my daughters, is that's what she says her language, love language is. Quality 
time. Jeremiah says in 33, verse 2 to 3, Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed you to establish it, the Lord is his name, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me, come to me. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. He's spending time, he's walking with us. I will dwell in them. We are the temple of the living God. You can't get much more quality time when someone's with you 100%. Although we'll look at that a little bit later with regards to men. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of the living God and the Spirit of God lives in you? So God has made sure that we will get his quality time because he will be constantly available at the simplest of prayers or thoughts. Lord, even just a word. Oh my God, my mother used to say, and my mother never ever swore. But that when she was involved in a, like a, a near accident, that was the first word she, ever, she would, ever, <coughs> excuse me, would ever say. And Nancy says the same thing, funny enough. And she immediately says, oh my God. <laughs> but she's not meaning like, like swearing, or what we might just say under our breath or whatever else. They're actually crying out to God to be with them. To have his undivided attention which he has promised us as he loves us. Third one, receiving gifts. Oh, Lord, God shows, to, shows his love to us in gifts. Just think, for God so loved the world that he gave. Most popular verse in the Bible, that he gave. He gives and he gives and he gives again. James 1 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. From above. Every good gift. Every perfect gift. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. Gifts. He gives and he gives and he gives. 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. He just keeps giving. And we spent months, didn't we, earlier this year looking at the spiritual gifts God has. He's a giver. He's just giving. And he's giving all the time. And when you begin to recognize that he's giving us gifts, why is he giving us spiritual gifts? Why is he giving other, other gifts? Because he loves us. And that's his way of expressing his love to us. Romans 8, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him, he gifted him. Up for us all, how shall we not? Shall, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He shows his love, and some of you show your love with gifts. There is no greater giver than God. Fourthly, we're motoring through here acts of service. He loves us through acts of service. There is no greater server than God. He serves us. Listen to these verses from Matthew 20. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom 
for many. He did not come to be served. He came to serve. We used to sing a song many years ago. So those of you who are a wee bit older, we, we used to sing the servant king, Graham Kendrick. Remember that song? The servant king. And if you want to be a leader, if, if you want to get a microphone, if you want to be something in the church or in business or whatever, in the family even, you will learn that once you've got the title of leader, you have also got the title of servant. You have, whether you like it or not. You, you become a servant. And uh, so acts of service is a way of showing love. And the servant king came and showed that to us. So when you go home today, you don't think, how can everyone else in this house serve me? Hopefully, you go home thinking, how can I serve the house? And that's the same in the church. And that's why we can legitimately ask you all, can you put your seat at the back? Can you put some musical equipment downstairs? Can you do this? Can you do that? Because it's a way of showing our love to God and to his people. Acts of service. Lastly, physical touch. Physical touch. God loves us by physically touching us. Jeremiah, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put words in your mouth. Matthew 8 verse 3, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus touched ordinary people. He touched their ears and their hair. He touched their eyes and they saw. He touched their infirmities and suddenly they were healed. He touched the children and they were blessed. He constantly touched those around him. Why? Because he was showing love and compassion to them. Daniel chapter 8 verse 18. Now Daniel says, now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and stood me upright. You see, some of us became Christians and it's because we were on the ground emotionally, physically, spiritually and God comes along and touches us and suddenly we came to our feet emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally. You see, God touched us. Romans 8 verse 16 in the message, God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know we, who we really are. And when God touches us, we become aware of who we are in Christ. So you see, God loves us, and I've just quickly gone through that. He shows us his love in what is your primarily love language. I hope you see that, because he's covered it all. He's covered it all, and he's showing his love to you through these different ways. So, let me just say something to you. Don't be envious or jealous of God loving somebody else in a language that you don't particularly respect or recognize. So, you hear people saying, and maybe this isn't your love language, but it's theirs. God spoke to me. He spoke to me. I know He spoke to me. He spoke very clearly to me. He speaks to me all the time. Day and night, He just continually speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks. And you're thinking, I'm not so sure about that. He's never spoken to me. 
you must be more mature than I am, or you're or maybe Im- more immature than I am. You understand? And we don't recognize that God is loving them in a different way from what we, than what he loves us. Well, I just, I've felt God's touch, but he's never spoken to me. <laughs> or I've felt his presence, his intimacy. You understand? Don't be jealous of how God touches or uses or loves other people. Even as a church. I've never looked into this, but I would imagine that as a church, we will have a primary love language of how we show God's love to, to the world, to each other. You understand? And we, yes, we'll have all the love languages here, but there'll be, there'll be a slant. There'll be a, a way that we show. Look at love, Preston. Love, Preston. Look how we show that love in a practical, uh, down-to-earth way. We serve the community, not particularly looking for them to uh, give us something back for doing, for doing that. Excuse me. So don't be uh, worried that God doesn't love you in a way that he loves me. You know, if you feel, well, God speaks to me once every two years, you know, and he's not changed his mind in two years, so I'm just continually doing what he's told me to do. That's great. I can tell you one of the most well-known Christian leaders in the UK who said that? He said, God spoke to me 10 years ago, 5 years ago, and he told me to do this, so I'm getting on with it. You see, he doesn't receive love through words. But there'll be other ways that God loves on him. So God loves on you in a way perhaps he doesn't, some of you doesn't love on me. But that's great. <laughs> okay, secondly, lastly, I want to encourage you to love God in his love language. Because God wants us to broaden, having said all that, God wants us to broaden how we love other people. See, God covers the whole five, as I've shown you. He covers all five. And he wants us, as he loves us, in particular ways, and he'll concentrate often in the ways that we receive that love. But I believe he wants us to love him and get experience of loving him in different ways ways to love him supernaturally in all the love languages to speak and sing praise to him because God wants our he's jealous for our prayers of our praise he seeks words of love of affirmation tell him how much we love him and for some of us then telling people how much we love them doesn't come naturally like I told you 30 years ago I loved you or I get married 10 years ago and I said I will, I do, and whatever else, and I've not changed my mind, so why do I need to do you understand? And so maybe we need to learn a little bit more about speaking out <laughs> how we love God. And he wants us to speak and to sing praise to him. He even gives us a gift of tongues. That shows you how important it is that he wants to hear us speaking to him in the spirit. Secondly, Show him how much you love him by giving him quality time. Quality time. God needs quality time. Maybe your partner needs quality time. Maybe you need quality time. Well, God needs and wants and desires 
quality time. Not a, hello, Lord, morning, we're on our way. You know, that's not, imagine just that's all you said to your partner or your friends or whatever. See ya, okay, everything's fine, good, bye. He wants quality time. Number three, give him gifts. And now you expect a pastor of a church to emphasize you giving him gifts and you're all thinking money. And we should tithe. We should tithe. We ought to tithe. He's commanded us to tithe. And he's also said, I'll bless you for tithing. So keep that up to date. Be precise with it. Give him his 10%. But it's not just gifts. It's not just financial. Give him a sacrifice of praise. Don't just sing songs and look at the screen. Worship. Worship. Give him a gift of worship. And when we dance and when we serve, serve him with worship. Give him gifts. And for some people, when someone brings the flowers home, a gift or chocolates or whatever else, it's like their love language and they think, yes, I'm loved. And God feels that when we give him gifts. Fourthly, serve him. Don't just say you love him. Do something. Serve him. Don't just do what you want and what suits you. Do what he wants and what suits him. Serve him physically. Touch him fifthly. How do we physically touch God? If I knew God was there and I could touch him, then I would know he was real and I would become a Christian. How many times people have said that to you? If I could just touch him. And Jesus said to Thomas, who doubted him, Thomas said, unless I can put my finger in the print of his nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Thomas, love language in a sense and proof of God's love was touch. If I can touch this thing that you're talking about, touch this person, then I'll know that he loves me and I'll I'll love him. And then suddenly Jesus appeared to Thomas. He says, reach your finger in there, Thomas. Just imagine the atmosphere in the room. The disciples have heard him say all this. He's full of doubt and doubting Thomas and all the rest of it. You know, he said, unless, I'm going to touch, unless I can touch this Jesus, unless I can see these marks, I'm not going to believe about he's risen from the dead or anything else. Suddenly Jesus appeared and said, Thomas, touch, touch. Reach your hands in here, Thomas. I bet he thought, I don't want to reach my hand in there, thank you very much. <laughs> I would be like, no, no, forget the touch. <laughs> I'll just tell you. But, and then Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. You haven't seen, but you've believed, believed. And God says, blessed are you. So that's me, that's you. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And then Jesus talks about loving other people by physically touching them. And for some of us, touch is our love language, and that's how we show love. Jesus says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When did we feed you? When were you thirsty? And when did we give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, As surely I say to you, inasmuch as much 
as you did it to me, as you touched me, or the least of these, least of these my brethren, you did it to me. And when we touch people through our ministry as a church, through our ministry as our charities, through our individual lives, when we touch those people, we're not just touching them, we're touching God himself. And so often when I've got somebody, an undesirable, if you want to call them that, in front of me, and maybe they're smelling, and maybe they're this and that and the next thing, I picture Jesus in front of me. And then I say, Jack, how's your attitude now? You understand? You picture Jesus begging on the street. You picture Jesus coming to you for food or whatever. You picture Jesus who's getting right up your nose at work. You picture Jesus. And you serve them as Jesus. You touch them as Jesus. And that's several ways that we can reach out and touch him. So maybe for some of us here this morning, we need to begin to ask ourselves, how can I begin to speak the love language of those around me? Maybe I've been speaking the wrong language. <laughs> Maybe they haven't understood a word I've been saying. I've been serving here and serving and serving and serving and serving, and nobody seems to appreciate. Maybe they need to say, hear you say something. Maybe they want your quality time. Maybe for some husbands, we need to stop saying how much we love our wives and actually do something. Or maybe for those of us who are men who can continually do something and we, say, and we just work, 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 work. But our wives want to hear us say it. You understand? All sorts of different ways. And I'm going to leave it to you to work out amongst your influence of friends or partners or relationships uh, what their love language is. Maybe some of you have been married many, many years and you, you haven't a clue what their love language is. How do they receive love? Well, I just, I just tell them or I just this, or just, that's what I do naturally. But let's operate supernaturally. Maybe for some of us, we need to start expressing our love for God in not just the way that we feel comes first. I tell God he loves me and he knows I love him. Or I, I work for God all the time and he knows I work hard so he knows I love him. But we need to investigate and become a bit broader as a person and maybe even as a church, become a bit broader in how we show love to God. How we show love to God. He will love us in any way, in any of these five ways. He's got them all covered and he wants us to broaden our experience of him and of each other and begin to communicate in the love language the people around about us have and what he has got. So let's pray. Father, you are love. You're the alpha and omega of love. For God so loved us. You love us. Lord, I pray for some folks this morning. Fathers, we've looked at a very practical thing about love and how we communicate love. I pray, Lord, you will teach us to express our love, not just in a limited way, but in a broad way. That you'll teach us all the different language. We'll become multilingual with regards to love. 
and that we'll be able to express that love in a secure and a sincere way. Not manipulating people, but just showing them love in a way that they understand and in a way that they appreciate. Father, I thank you for this communion table and how you have loved us by giving us your son. You gave your son. And your son offered his life up as a sacrifice. He served us at the cross. Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he loves us. I thank you, Lord, that we love you. Help us to go deeper into this love. Help us to communicate this love. I thank you for this bread. I thank you for this cup which speaks of your body and the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's restoration at this table. There's healing at this table. That as we come to you this morning, Father, forgive us for the past days, the past week, the past month, the months, Lord. We apologize. We say we're sorry. Where we have gone wrong, forgive us. But, oh, Lord, we thank you for your grace your undeserved favor which has paid the price in full for our past sins, our present sins, our future sins. They are under the blood and we are justified by faith. Lord, we exercise our faith this morning. Thank you for this meal that you've told us to celebrate until one day when soon when you come again. So we thank you for it in Jesus' lovely and precious name. Amen. Amen. Now, I think if folks are going to come forward and serve uh, the bread to us and also the cup. And just as we are celebrating this meal, I want you to begin to thank God for all that he's done in your life. Thank him for the day that you met him. Thank you that this meal means something spiritually significant to you because it reminds you that your Savior died on a cross for you. Begin to thank him for all that he's doing in your life, in your marriage, in your job, in your career. Thank him for keeping you safe this week. Thank him for being with you. 
Thank you for him showing his love to you in so many different ways. Some of the ways you've recognized and it's been emphatic to you. Other ways, it just passed you by. You didn't even see that he was loving you. Thank you, Lord, that you love us with an everlasting love. Everlasting love. Everlasting love. Love. This is an eternal love that has captured our hearts in this time but will go on for all time and beyond. So we bless you. We thank you. We give you our praise. We give you our adoration this morning. For those of us who are needing healing in our body, receive the healing that God wants to give you this morning. Say thank you, Lord, that as I take this bread, as I take this cup, as I celebrate communion with my spiritual family, I receive your healing in my body. I receive all that you have for me. I thank you, Lord, that you're moving in my life in ways that I don't recognize. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy that's all over my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The troubles and the difficulties of this life will not last. One day they will end. But until that day, God's got your back covered. He's for you. He's with you. And he wants to love us and continually love us and he wants us to love him and continually love him too we're just going to take some songs of worship and just begin to offer up our love to God through our words so let's not just sing words let's offer them up as a prayer in love to our father thank you Theo let's just stand